sorry that new episodes have been so delayed lately, but like a lot of shows, and like I mentioned in our Catching Up episode, um, we've been a little bit delayed by production issues just related to the coronavirus situation. We're all doing our social distancing and trying to stay safe, but our cast members come from a variety of different backgrounds and levels of experience, so um, I'm working with people recording remotely who have never recorded remotely before. We have people uh, living in different countries than maybe they usually have been when we've been recording. There's just been a lot going on, so we're hard at work on that final scripted episode. Obviously, I want it to be the best quality it can be, so we won't put it out until it's just right. Um, and it is, the wheels are definitely turning on that. It's in the works. We have at least half of it done. Um, but until then, I just wanted to do another bonus episode. Um, the topic that was next up for our bonus episodes was supposed to be, uh, Louisa May Alcott's time as a young adult working as a Civil War nurse. And that is a very interesting and worthy topic. But since things can be kind of sad and scary right now, I wanted to pivot a little bit and we're going to focus on a few uh, more lighthearted topics in between now and whenever I decide to put out that episode. Um, I'm definitely going to do it, but first I just wanted to focus on something that would maybe be a little bit more of a fun distraction. So today I'm going to be giving you some recommendations for this time in self-isolation slash quarantine um, or, you know, time stuck in with your family, however you're spending it, um, just for some things that are kind of little women adjacent, either in subject matter or in themes um, that might help this time stuck inside go a little bit faster, I hope. It's all stuff that I've really enjoyed at one point or another. Um, I'm going to try to kind of organize my recommendations in age order, going uh, from the stuff for my youngest uh, listeners up into the adult listenership. So bear that in mind if there's a particular sort of thing that you are looking for. I know we have some younger listeners. If you guys want to turn this off after I give the kid-friendly recommendations, that is also cool. So I'll just dive right in. Um... For some of my younger listeners, I would say like late elementary school age and up, uh, I have some books here that kind of were my introduction to the Civil War as a subject. Uh, I'm sure some of them are very much a product of their time, that time being the 1990s, but I think they still have merit. Um... And the first book on my list is Meet Addie, which is the first book in the American Girl series uh, about their character Addie, who's a freed slave. Um, actually, she starts the series in slavery and escapes with her family. Um, and it's a really uh, interesting and very heartfelt introduction to this topic uh, for younger readers. I really, really connected with it as a very young kid, like maybe seven or eight years old. So I wanted to put that on the list because it definitely has a special place in my heart. That said, I'm sure it is a product of its time and it was written by a white author. So bear that in mind. Um, I also have some books for just very slightly older readers than that. 
Um, there are several books in the really excellent Dear America series that are about the Civil War. Uh, for those not familiar, Dear America is a series of historical fiction books that are sort of like middle grade reader age, that are styled to be like diaries that were written during the time where they take place. Um, and so they can be a really immersive introduction to a certain moment in history. So I wanted to highlight four books in the Dear America series. A Picture of Freedom, When Will This Cruel War Be Over, I Thought My Soul Would Rise and Fly, and A Light in the Storm. And of those four, A Picture of Freedom and I Thought My Soul Would Rise and Fly are about the experiences of uh, young black women during this time. Switching over to the more lighthearted things in terms of subject matter, if you're looking for a story that's not about the American Civil War, but is a kind of old-fashioned classic story about a big family with lots of siblings or girls coming of age, I have quite a few recommendations. There's the all-of-a-kind family books, which are about a Jewish family of all girls. I think they have five girls in that family. Those are really fun and those take place I think around the turn of the century. Um, I think there are also some picture book versions for younger readers. Um, there's also the Betsy Tacey books by Maud Hart Lovelace, which are a series of books about girls named, you guessed it, uh, Betsy and Tacey growing up. And they're sort of uh, like another series of books on my list, the Anne of Green Gables books, where we have sort of the adventures in this small town and neighbors and characters that you stick with through the whole series and the girls' various romantic follies. Um, and especially the earlier books in that series are definitely appropriate for really young readers. They make great read aloud chapter books um, and they were some of the first chapter books that weren't modern that I remember reading by myself and really enjoying because the girls have a lot of uh, kind of lighthearted antics. Uh, there's also uh, Cheaper by the Dozen, and I don't mean the Steve Martin movie, which honestly I don't think I would recommend. Uh, the original Cheaper by the Dozen is actually a memoir written by several siblings in a real family, um, and their parents were famous efficiency experts. Basically, their job was to come into factories and other workplaces and figure out how the workers could do their job as quickly, safely, and efficiently as possible. And their mother was working too, which was unusual for the time. She actually invented um, the step trash can, among other things. So this family had 12 kids, um, and as you can imagine, the parents definitely put their ideas as efficiency experts to work at home and kind of almost experimented on the children, you could say, but all chore-related experiments, nothing, nothing bad. So that's another very fun, lighthearted book about sibling adventures and the pranks and jokes they play on each other, um, being raised by these sort of eccentric genius parents who are also very loving. It's a great book. My brother and I really, really loved listening to it on audiobook uh, back on cassette tapes when we were kids. I'm dating myself with each recommendation more and more. Um, but I can't date myself with this next recommendation because it's a total classic. Uh, I already mentioned it, but I think any fan of the Little Women book slash books um, is bound to fall in love with Anne Shirley 
from the Anne of Green Gables series, which is another series that's so near and dear to my heart. Um, I would say it's perfect for middle grade readers and up, but I think it can be enjoyed by all ages, especially if read aloud. It's just a really wonderful story about a young woman who's so determined and smart and kind um, finding her way in the world. And she's definitely not flawless, and she can definitely be obnoxious, just like our beloved Joe March. But um, it's definitely a classic for a reason series. And of course, it's fun to have a little Canadian flavor instead of the stalwart Americana of Little Women. Um, Prince Edward Island is in some ways a more romantic setting than Concord. So I definitely recommend pretty much any iteration of Anne of Green Gables. Um, I love the original books. There are some really wonderful audiobook versions available. The original 80s miniseries is really fun, funny, lighthearted, very romantic. Um, and I have been a huge fan of the Netflix-CBC collaboration, which unfortunately ended after only three seasons, Anne with an E, which really digs into some of the historical conditions of Anne's world, um, what she goes through as an orphan, but also what marginalized members of her community go through. Uh, I, I would put a content warning on that recommendation because Anne with an E does have some scenes of period typical child abuse, the sort of spanking type punishment that we have talked about a little bit on this very podcast. Um, but I still think it's appropriate for a late elementary school and up, especially with a parent there to maybe put an arm around you during the intense parts. It's a really interesting show, and you can tell um, they put a lot of thought into adapting these stories for a modern audience, which some people have a problem with, but I actually appreciate because, hey, just like this podcast and just like we've talked about with other modernizations and things, I really enjoy seeing what different people um, bring to different works of art. So yeah, love that series. Um, for, I'll say, high school and up age, uh, if you haven't gotten into the works of Jane Austen, now is a great time. Uh, my introduction to Jane Austen was the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie starring Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden, which to this day I really love. I know a lot of people swear by the miniseries, which is great. I'm a huge Colin Firth fan. And in isolation, you do have the time for a really long British miniseries. So if that's the way you want to go, all due respect. Um, it's great. I think sometimes for younger viewers, the shorter runtime can be a good one to start out with. So I'm going to stand by my recommendation of the 2005 movie. The new version of Emma that just came out and had its theatrical release uh, unfortunately shortened by this whole coronavirus situation is excellent. Uh, personally, Emma is my favorite Jane Austen novel. I love how she sort of furthered the idea of an unreliable narrator in a really interesting way with the character of Emma. And this new movie is just beautiful to look at and has such a fun cast. 
I really can't recommend it enough, especially if you love uh, Bill Nighy. You get to see him try in a movie for the first time in years. And there's so much great Jane Austen adjacent media. Uh, my friends in uh, college and I really bonded over a web series called The Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which we have mentioned many times on this podcast because I think it's still probably the number one inspiration for this podcast, along with the book Little Women itself. Uh, Lizzie Bennet Diaries is a web series that imagines Pride and Prejudice as a weblog kind of recorded by uh, Lizzie Bennet, Jane Bennet, and Lydia Bennet, among other characters who cycle in and out. Uh, and it was written by Hank Green uh, and some other folks. I feel bad I don't have the credits here in front of me. Hank is the most famous one. Uh, but I really can't recommend it enough. It is so fun and it's definitely really bingeable because it's a bunch of short videos. So perfect for perfect for quarantine times. Something else that has just been oh, such a relief in this time of isolation for me and the kids I'm nannying who are currently being homeschooled, which is part of the reason why there's been delays on the new scripted episode of the podcast, uh, is the card game Marrying Mr. Darcy, which is sort of a very easy, very simple to play role-playing card game version of Pride and Prejudice, where everyone is one of the Bennett sisters or another female character from Pride and Prejudice, and you try to win suitors by gaining skills, and it's a game of chance and luck, and there's lots of silly event cards. It's very, very fun. So we've been playing that. Um, there's also an Emma expansion, which I recommend. And we even made our own Little Women version with index cards because these poor kids, I've got them so hooked on Little Women now too. Uh, they've really been kind to me going along with my nerdy obsession and it's making the whole isolation thing a lot easier. Um, so last but not least, I have a few more recommendations for the older high school slash adult set. Um, going along with my recommendation of the works of Jane Austen, there's a book called Cold Comfort Farm by Stella Gibbons, uh, who's also British, from the 1930s, and it's sort of a parody of Jane Austen novels and other novels of manners like Middlemarch and such. Um, it takes place in a rural setting, and all the characters are sort of spoofs of archetypal characters that appear in these like romantic stories. It's very funny. It's very tongue-in-cheek. You'll kind of learn a little bit about not just uh, the time when the book is set, but the time when the book was written. Like for example, apparently a popular theory around scholars who I assume are all misogynists was that Branwell Bronte, the Bronte's alcoholic brother who was like truly a shambling alcoholic, wrote all of Charlotte, Emily, and Anne Bronte's novels, which when I read it in Cold Comfort Farm, because it's such a funny book, I thought it was a joke, but I looked it up and it was a real theory that was popular at the time. So yeah, you learn something new every day. Cold Comfort Farm is a funny way to learn these things. Um, and there is a movie version, which like so many things, the movie is not as good as the book. But it's fun. It has a lot of great British actors like Stephen Fry and Kate Beckinsale in it. Um, so I do recommend the movie version as well because, again, we're all stuck inside. What better do we have to do? 
Um, in a similar vein, I really, really love the novel I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. Um, I included it on this list because it's about a pair of sisters coming of age and their relationship does remind me of Meg and Joe in some ways. It reminds me of Joe and Amy in other ways. They have a really beautiful, complicated relationship. They live in this isolated, again, going with the theme of quarantine, um, but they live in this isolated castle with their writer father and their artist stepmother and these other charming characters and then a pair of handsome American bachelors move in next door and what's going to happen? It's just a beautiful, beautiful book um, and a great audiobook version of it exists as well. Um, and similarly, there's a movie version that is not quite as good as the book because the book is just so lush and gorgeous and will make you feel like you're in the castle with the characters. Um, but it has a great cast. Romola Gari, who's my one of my favorite Emmas um, from the Emma miniseries, is the star. There's also a young pre-fame Rose Byrne. Henry Thomas, a.k.a. the kid from E.T., all grown up and uh, Bill Nighy again. So yeah, it's a it's a really fun movie, great cast. Um, I'll throw that on the pile of recommendations. And just wrapping things up with one final recommendation um, that I would probably only extend to my adult listeners because these books are pretty heavy in terms of subject matter, but extremely worth it. Uh, and that's the Neapolitan novels, the series of four books that begins with My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Uh, this is a series of Italian novels. They take place in Naples, as the name of the series would suggest. And they're about two girls making their way in the world despite every circumstance of life being against them. It's just an amazing series about identity and the creative spirit as it applies to women. I don't know how to talk about this without it sounding trite because for me, this was honestly a life-changing series of books that really centers this female friendship um, in such an interesting way. And I first thought to include it on this list because the characters actually buy Little Women secretly and read it when they're children at the very beginning of the series. And it's sort of like one of the first symbols of their independence and of their minds taking shape. Um, but besides Little Women literally being a plot point in My Brilliant Friend, I do connect these books with Little Women because they're stories about these girls trying to be independent and make something of themselves and have their own lives um, in this time of just immense turmoil in a time when women are considered to be so much lesser and when women's education is just undervalued. Um, and the best part is HBO made an incredible miniseries. They're turning every one of the four books into a season of television um, in collaboration with a studio in Italy. So the series is all in Italian, but it's really worth it to, you know, sit down for that hour, put your phone away, and read the subtitles because you will feel so immersed in this world. And with everything that's going on in Italy right now, it, it feels wonderful to see this 
beautiful work of art created by Italian artists and I just commend them and of course my heart goes out to them and to all of you to all of us we're stuck inside but we're safe inside and I hope it stays that way uh, I hope if you're listening to this that this podcast finds you healthy and well whether you're listening to it in April 2020 or a year from now, or who knows when. Um, But I do appreciate you listening, and I hope that maybe something on this list will brighten your time stuck in quarantine, even if only a little bit. Until next time, I've been Shannon, and I'll talk to you later. Bye!